Welcome to the Books from the Basement podcast, episode five. I'm Amy Thorakin. And I'm Lisa Burkett. This is a podcast where Lisa and I discuss books from our favorite series we read growing up in the 70s and 80s. The first series we chose is Trixie Belden. In this episode, we revisit the second half of The Gatehouse Mystery, which is book number three in the series. This was written by Julie Campbell in 1951. Lisa, are you ready to go? I am. I'm ready to get back into it. Okay, so last we left off was chapter 11, and the gang was in the midst of coming up with a plan so that they can prevent Bobby from finding the pincushion. So chapter 12. Trixie and Mart retrieve the pincushion and bring it to Honey for mending. Brian returns the pincushion and places it in Mrs. Belden's sewing basket. They just hide it in Mrs. Belden's basket, hoping she doesn't sew. Okay, the group goes on a late night ride and they run into Mr. Lytell, who confirms the story about the activity on Tuesday night and the car driving away Wednesday morning. Let's get into it. It's Trixie's pincushion still. It's sewn up and brought back and returned to Mrs. Belden's sewing basket. Okay. And they think that she won't find it because she's into knitting or something, right? Right. And the and to hide what they're doing, they grab roller skates. Right. To pretend yep. that they're going to, well, they are. They're, they're going to, they went to get the roller skates so that they could make a scooter for Bobby. And when Trixie tells Bobby that, he bursts into tears and says, oh, oh, I was such a bad boy, Trixie. I chopped a Dinah's head off. So he he's so, such a bad boy. I think and, he's, yeah, I wrote budding serial killer aside <laughs> because that's what baby serial killers do. They cut heads off of things. And, and Trixie doesn't care at all. No, she's like, oh, that's okay. I didn't really care. I'm too old for that rag doll. I should have given her to you before. I shouldn't have messed up your toy box. They just cater to him. And then it says that she was thinking she should take pills. I've got a good mind to take some pills, so I'll be sure to stay away. Coffee wasn't much help. Her half a so, cup of coffee didn't do enough. So now, now she wants some uppers. And I'm wondering what kind of pills Trixie would be taking. It sounds like speed. <laughs> I mean, she's taking them to stay awake, right? Yeah, I don't know what else there is. There were over-the-counter yep. uppers. I don't know why they put it in there at all. <laughs> Did you say, though, that in the original edition, she said, I'm going to take some sleeping yes, pills? Yes, sleeping pills, it was. How, um, how was. I'm curious how that was versed, if you have that handy, because it just makes absolutely no sense to take sleeping pills to stay no. awake. Let's see. I actually have it right here. And I know the page number. Okay. It says, I've got a good mind to take some sleeping pills, so I'll be sure to stay awake. Coffee wasn't <laughs> much help. <laughs> Great, Mart said. Sweets for the sweet and dope for the dopes. <laughs> They're just so casual. Like, that went right over my head when I was little. And it must went over Julie Campbell's head that she did. She must not have known that a sleeping pill makes you sleep. <laughs> oh, why would you put that in there? That's I don't funny. think she knew. Poor Julie Campbell. She hadn't gotten, she hadn't stepped into the 1950s, I guess, drug. I mean, in the 19th, it just seems like a weird thing to say anyway. It does. I'm surprised it's in the original version at all. Right. That's what, and then for him to say sweets for the sweet and dope for the dopes. And that's in the 1951 version. So mm, that's drugs. weird. That's yeah. That's funny. Uh, I did want to comment that Brian was worried that dad would be suspicious if he saw Brian with the pincushion shaped like a strawberry. And Mart says, just nibble on it if he does. In Alaska, strawberries do grow to that size. Um, there's no evidence of that. I <laughs> did you look that up? I did. I was like, <laughs> there's a short summer in Alaska. Is there something right. about it? How that could they have grown so big? Yeah, it's huge strawberries, but no. No, there are not gigantic Willy Wonka I picture like the Willy Wonka room where all the stuff was candy. Yeah. Huge strawberries. Okay. 
Then Mr. Lytell, he's just nosy. He basically just confirms what they think. Yeah. And when Trixie is is talking about Mr. Lytell and she says, we've got to be polite. He, if it weren't for him, we wouldn't get the Sunday papers and yeah. Reagan would quit. Yes. If he couldn't relax over the the comics. (laughs) Why, why would he has a car to go get him? It's two miles to town where he could go to a different store, I'm sure. Okay. Then we've got more hypotheticals. Yep. He's got another theory. Number 12 I have written down. (laughs) I think it's funny. But the number 12, and then it continues. And I just wrote, on the top of the page oh the theories because just <laughs> i don't remember another book where there were so many theories yeah it, it was just there were too many suspects and i don't know what happened but like they didn't have to bring in helen the new maid or the new gardener but yeah basically they know well, I guess they didn't know. Yeah, I, I can I could kind of see where they want to lead lead the reader down the wrong path or but they don't really follow through on that to no. make it look no. like Naylor is suspicious or Helen is suspicious or right. And then but the, the they bring up Helen and then they're just like, Oh, she would never do it. Right. And Naylor would, you know, he would never do it. Okay. So chapter thirteen is the last chapter in Friday. And I just have written down, Dick still isn't back. And Naylor is out as a subject. Patch doesn't like him and would bark if he came into the house at night. Mm. But, and that's all I have for notes. So I'm going to jump right in. I thought he slept on the third floor, Naylor. I thought we thought that too. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was confused before because he would already be in the house. And I think she even talks about it earlier Trixie about how he would be in the house interesting it's interesting yes. uh all right, that's so all I have for chapter 13 and it doesn't look like I really have anything else <laughs> okay I have a few things uh oh, the club sorry yeah yeah that that part and also oh, I'm sorry that- I'm sorry I'm sorry to interrupt you I do have chapter 13 continues on Saturday. So I have two more lines if I can just do those two. Please. (laughs) The Bob Whites of the Glen is formed. (laughs) Dick returns with poison ivy. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead and do your all true. On Friday night, part one of chapter 13. Mm -hmm. Brian said they're talking about the mail, and uh, Brian says that mailman is a regular diller dollar 10 o'clock scholar. Which basically means late and lazy. Oh, so way to trash the postal carrier. Yeah. Diller is is an actual word that refers to late. Huh. Well, that's because I've heard that before. A diller, a dollar, a 10 o'clock scholar, but they're just words. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I've never, I don't even know if I've ever even heard it before. You've never heard that? I, no, I don't. Oh, my mom. Oh, my mom and her little phrases. Well, she, she, she loved just, her. She loved songs and rhymes. And yeah, yeah. I didn't get a whole lot of songs and rhymes growing <laughs> up. Okay, Friday night when they're going to sleep, Trixie's still trying to figure out this letter of recommendation piece. And right. she's talking with Honey and says, I've been thinking about that. It was your turn to get the mail on Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh, Honey murmured. Did you get it? Trixie asked, but Honey was sound asleep. do you remember that time we were talking on the phone in high school and i fell asleep i do and you got so mad at me (laughs) i i I don't know why i don't either mad but probably had been talking for two hours or something i was laying on my bed and i remember i just heard a dial tone (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh no i fell asleep and then you were just so mad at me. That was probably our biggest thing. No, I'm it sorry. wasn't our biggest thing, but I feel we bad. Both. But, you know, now that you know all the things that I have wrong with me. One little nap. Come on. One little nap. What's the big deal? All Can right. We, all right. Did you, all want, right. did you want to talk about the club or do you want me to talk about? I have a little rundown of the formation of the club because there seems to be some questions sometimes about who did what. Okay. All right. Here we go. So this is how the the Bob Whites of the Glen was formed, according to Julie Campbell in The Gatehouse Mystery. 
It starts with Mart electing Honey as chief waffle maker of the club. That's not a club yet. Honey suggests they form an actual club because she's always wanted to be in one. So here's how they came up with the name. Mart was Riders of the Glen. Honey wanted to be the Robin Hoods because of the Robin trailer in The Last Mystery. Then Honey came up with Glen Road Robins. And then Jim said, let's be the Bob Whites because of the Bob White call from Secret of the Mansion. And then Honey comes up with Bob Whites of the Glen. So I think I would say that the formation of the club and the picking of the name was really Jim and Honey, mostly Honey on the forehand of the group. Uh, the motto they come up with is Honey comes up with one big family. And if one is ever in need, will never fail him or her. And that is the formation of Bob White's of the Glen. Let's discuss. Okay. I really liked Mart's name. I th- the Riders of the Glen. R-O-G, and then they would yep. ca- could call themselves the Rogues because it's R-O-G. And yes. they ride all the time. They're right. you know, the horse, alluding to the horses. Right. So I would have voted for that one. True. I agree. That's a good name. Canadian Mounties came up. I don't know why. And then Honey, they're going to get their special red jackets. And Honey is going to cross-stitch the name... B or the the letters BWG on the backs of the jackets and nobody will know what it is and it'll be a big mystery. It's kind of Honey who really pushes the secret part of it. Mm-hmm. She says that she's always reading books about boys and girls who are members of secret clubs yep. and had so much fun. And then she says, we can't be the Canadian Mounties, but when we have secret meetings, we could wear the special red jackets. And at the end, again, she says, like, it's a dream come true. I can't believe it. A secret club. Everything I always wanted. The only thing that Trixie had to add was that Bob White's flock together in little groups called bevies. And instead of a meeting, they could have a bevy, which would be more mysterious. And I wrote, hmm, that idea did not ever take off. (laughs) (laughs) That never stuck because I don't remember them ever in the future referring to a meeting as a bevy. No. And why does she knows that? I mean, her vocabulary is apparently <laughs> so bad, but she knows what a bevy is, unless that was a common term in the 1950. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. That's it. Yeah. All right. Dick comes home. Leaflets three, chapter 14. Oh, this is a long one. I have a lot. Okay. Trixie confronts Dick about the poison ivy because he's come now home with poison ivy the clubhouse roof needs fixing and they have to earn the money to pay for it and these are the ways they're going to earn the money trixie is going to do gardening bobby watching and dusting brian is going to mow the manor house lawn mart is going to take care of the vegetable garden at the manor house jim is also going to mow manor house lawn there's a lot of lawn to mow there is going to what does that gardener do he doesn't do the lawn mowing he doesn't do the vegetable garden we come to that they're afraid he's going to quit that's why they came up with this whole thing was because they're afraid the gardener overwhelmed he's overwhelmed and that's the worst possible thing okay honey is going to help mrs belden with her mending and be a personal secretary to her mother everyone will make five dollars a week which we know is fifty four dollars because of their recent inflation calculation except honey will make 50 cents an hour, which we know from the calculation of the 50 cents Dick gave Bobby is $4.84 an hour. So are you saying each person the fi- gets who gets $5, that would have been the equivalent of $54 a week for yes. each of them or not, yep. or total, they're going to get nope. 50 bucks a week. Sorry. Each one will make $5 a week, which is $54. So whereas honey, honey is making 50 cents and she's making hour. five bucks an hour. Right. <laughs> so she would just, she would have to work 11 hours. I don't spend, I haven't spent 11 hours mending my entire life. No, I don't mend. <laughs> okay. Were you still giving the rundown of this chapter and we got off on that track or were you done? I can't remember. I have one more thing. I have that Naylor will tend the flowers and shrubs. Keep him happy so he doesn't quit. Because Miss Trask doesn't want to have to hire another gardener. But why have a gardener when four other people have to do most of his tasks? 
It doesn't make sense. No, we did unless there's a lot of flowers and shrubs. Is is one of them doing mowing the lawn at the manor and one mowing the lawn at Trek? No, they're both. No, they're both mowing the manor house lawn because it starts out where Brian's like, I can mow. And then Jim was going to do the vegetable garden. But then he said, no, Mark, you should do the vegetable garden because you want to be an agriculturalist. And then he says he can mow. Got it. But you're right. Honey would have to work 11 hours. There's no way she could work 11 hours a week mending. Maybe it's not doesn't maybe it's not even. You know what I mean? Maybe she just contributes what she makes. Yeah, I don't think that any of them are contributing all of it because Trixie at one point says, I'll contribute whatever you think is fair from the $5 a week dad pays me. Yeah, but then Because, because she's also saving money for Jed Tomlinson's coat. Right. But then when they decide she doesn't isn't gonna buy that because of Susie, she's like, Oh, well then I can give you my whole five dollars or something. Ah. Spoiler alert. What? That part about Susie and Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, I feel like chapter 14, we're gonna learn a lot about poison ivy because it's called Leaflets Three. So let's get into it. All right. This whole thing starts out with talking about people being allergic and not allergic to poison ivy. I thought everybody who went into a bush with poison ivy would end up with poison ivy. I did not realize it was an allergic reaction. Hmm. Did you look it up at all? No. Did you? No. (laughs) Maybe for next week, I'll have an answer. How about that? Okay. I'll make a note that I need to come up with an answer for that because it's a very, it's actually a really interesting question. Or if anyone out there knows and just wants to post it on Facebook, then I don't have to do any research. All right. And then do, 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 Mr. We learned about Mr. Hoyt, which lots of information for my map making about this. Jim's going to get a driving lesson from Dick. Yeah. Dick is very, Dick is super disagreeable. Right. He fights with, he fights with Trixie and Reagan, which is interesting. Right. He's on his second day of the job and Reagan is telling him all the things that he needs to do with his time. And Dick's like, and what may I ask, are you going to be doing all day? It's day two, and this guy is like the groom in the stable. He has no idea what Reagan does all day, and he has no no right to demand anything. No, demand information. It's not his business. He needs to do his own job. And then Dick is literally like, what's eating him, Miss Honey? Dick asked in a bewildered voice. He's such a slime ball. He is. Very weird. Okay. So, yep, this is how they decide how to do everything. Oh, yeah, here we go. Okay, so Jim says it would be worth more than $15 a week to keep Naylor happy. So that means three of them are going to be working at the manor house and get $5 each. I wrote, will they even need a gardener at that point? I don't know how many flowers and bushes they have. I think they have a lot based on later books. That's true. But with that, I mean, that's 40 hours a week just on flowers. (laughs) and shrubs that can't take 40 hours a week i don't care how many you have also honey mentions that they have the men they've had men out spraying ever since they bought the place and there's hardly any poison ivy growing near the house or the stable or the garage and i was like uh ddt what were were they spraying (laughs) in 1951 to kill poison ivy Hmm. near the house were there any upcoming issues with that poisoning yeah. Okay. Then they come up with this whole, oh, because Trixie is going to, they're talking about how they're going to buy their mom a birthday present because they're giving all their money to the Bob Whites of the Glen, right? Uh-huh. So they decide that until school starts, they're going to take turns doing all the cooking. And then Trixie says, you learned how it camp. And when I make up my mind to it, I'm not too bad myself. First, are they going to make what, like hot dogs on a stick or mac and cheese? I mean, camp food is not Mrs. Belden's idea of dinner. As yeah, you know. she does a full turkey dinners. Full turkey dinners, roasts with all the trimmings. And so far, Trixie's made a salad. And that's all I can remember. <laughs> I feel like later there there are a lot of jokes about the fact that Trixie cannot cook very right. well. 
Well, they gave her breakfast. Mart's going to cook every lunch and Brian's going to cook every supper. I just, I, he can make spare ribs. And are they going to have we'll that have every them. night? And he, yes, yes he are. does something to them that makes <laughs> my mouth water. We'll have them every night. They're cheap. So they're going to, Brian's going to cook spare ribs every night until they go back to school. Which we don't know how, is how long. Uh, yeah, like well, it's month. August 22nd. I think oh, they go sure. back after Labor Day. I feel like they've said they have like a couple weeks. weeks or something. Okay. And then honey gets all of a sudden, she's like, I could be a personal secretary. I know all of the donations to their charities and how much they give. I find I that hard to believe yeah, because how, she barely how? spoke to either of her parents for, and she was in boarding school. Right. So how does she know that? She should say, I can learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they bring up the letter of recommendation and that's it. Now okay. they're, well, oh, did you have something? I do. I have two things that I looked up and that one is that, oh, I think you have it too. Yeah. The um, so they are, ta- when they're talking about how much they can contribute, they decide that even though Honey and Jim have a lot of money, they have to pretend to be poor. Right. As well. And Mart says, um, I think that even though you and Jim are loaded with the stuff, you'll have to pretend you're as broke as the other members of the club. And then he says, Rosie O'Grady and the Colonel's lady is the idea. We'll all be brothers and sisters in poverty or it wouldn't be any fun. Okay. So she's, he, that's actually a mistake that he pulled two things together. Rodeo, Rosie O'Grady was a song from 1896, but what he's talking about with Rosie O'Grady and the Colonel's lady is a Rudyard Kipling poem and it's Mm -hmm. Judy O'Grady, not Rosie. Interesting. So it's two different things. And the poem means that the whole gist of the Rudyard Kipling poem is that we're all the same inside. So that's what he meant. He meant. He just got but, Rosie's name. Yeah. So Judy. I just think like probably like Julie Campbell got that confused as well. I did also look it up and that it's a poem that means sisters under the skin. Um, I don't have anything else in that chapter. You oh, said right. he had two things. Uh, I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about chapter 15 then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to chapter 15. I have one line for chapter 15. What happened in chapter 15? Trixie uses tracing and carbon paper to prove to honey that the letter of recommendation was forged. The end. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Except that she doesn't prove it. Right. She proves that it could have been. Right. By by giving her an example. They have to figure out how to. Yeah. They want it, she wants letter. to see the real letter and see if it looks like there was carbon paper exactly. smudges on it. I thought yeah. it was funny that they're talking about Mr. Whitney and it, um and Honey says, uh, they don't correspond about business, right. Mr. Whitney and her father. They just write to each other, arranging to meet for lunch or for fishing right. or hunting trips. Right. Like it just seems funny that you're gonna write someone a letter. <laughs> Wanna have lunch yeah, on Tuesday? Because there's no email. <laughs> Hello, they get the letter. <laughs> you guys are rich. You have phones. Also, if he's okay, so I was confused about this. I think I figured it out because they're saying that he just signs it wit on Christmas cards. And I was like, well, if he's writing a letter of recommendation for somebody, why wouldn't he just call or sign the letter wit? But then I guess because it's a form letter. I didn't understand that. Is he just saying, hey, like if this were true, hey, I need a letter of recommendation. And the guy's just got a bunch there with his signature and he just throws them out or just here, I'll just sign my name. And he could have just called. Yeah, basically. And he also probably would have signed the form with, I think. Right. And we don't ever really get to see how it was signed. And kind of weird that he would, it's his name, dropped. his first name's not Whitney. So, you know, yeah, to be called Wit is sort of a weird nickname because it's his last name. And then they tied it, of course, from Jim and Mart are there as Brian, yep, and Brian. And obviously they're going to find out what it is, you know, although they make kind of a big deal about it later, but. Okay, you know what's kind of silly. Like I see what you were talking about. Now I was in the wrong spot. So if if you want me to go back and explain the wit part, uh, well, I think I kind of know, but yeah. Okay. Well, what did you? What conclusion did you come to? I just said that. Well, first you could call, but also 
why wouldn't he sign a letter of recommendation to Mr. Wheeler with, if that's how he signs his Christmas cards to Mr. Wheeler? But then it sounded like it was just a, a form letter, which is weird. That was my. Okay. Well, just it, because it was saying that probably it wasn't one a letter signed with that he was expecting like a, a treasurer dues. So there would be a check in the mail and then that would have been signed with his full signature. But how would he know that? He, he just, just stole it stole and just happened mail. to, and didn't think, oh, maybe he'll call wit and say, and Hey, who, knows who that is. Yeah. yeah what if he, he picked call? a, you know, someone paying some random right. bill and he lives in New York and like, right. they don't even and know each don't, other. Know anything about him. Like, oh, the CEO of the company signs the checks and I mail it to you. And it, it, that is weird. Yeah. How so. would he even know they were friends? Yeah. So uh, it's just, yeah. Anyway, I I mean, there's no real explanation and they don't know. They try to make, they do pages and pages where they try to make it sound logical. They try to make it sound logical. They try to make it sound like it's going to be important in the future. And it's just never brought up again, really. This is the first time I think that I remember seeing that trick that they're talking about the G-men. The G-men, yes. And he's like, isn't robbing the mail a federal offense? Would he <sighs> dare risk getting G-men on his trail just to get a job with us? I had to look it up. I was, I can obviously know it's something to do with police, but. Oh, you didn't know what it meant? No. Oh. Government men. Yes. <laughs> in case, just FYI, in case there are other well-educated right. listeners out there who don't, don't know what the G-men are. You know, my interaction with the FBI, I've learned that around the, yes. along the way. But then, honey, yeah. then um, Trixie also learns Honey's real name for the first time. Yeah, that's true. Honey writes her, signs her name, Madeline G. Wheeler. What's your middle name? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we will. I don't know. They're trying to keep the the carbon paper away from the boys because yeah. like, they'll, they'll tease them and they throw it away. And then they're talking, talking, talking. And then all of a sudden, Jim's like, something's rustling inside my scrap basket. Yeah, what is, <laughs> He's like, what, is was it there alive? a mouse or something? That was <laughs> so is weird. Is the paper alive? Like, right. It would make more sense if he looked over and noticed there was something in there. Yeah. And I'm sorry, they're throwing crumpled carbon paper back and forth. If I remember correctly, carbon paper turns your hands black. Yes. Thus the smudges. Right. Okay. Chapter 16. The jewelry box is missing. Oh, no. Where did it go? The staff was busy, so so anyone could have stolen it. Meaning... Okay, so where should it distracted. be? Should it, it be should in- be on Honey's... Or Jim's... I don't know if they moved furniture to. <laughs> but it's in the room where it used to be Honey's room where Jim is now sleeping. And it was on the dresser in there. Okay. And so. to clarify that they... That is the room it is missing from. Yes. Okay. The staff was busy, so anyone could have stolen it. Dick wouldn't have time to take it and return it. He was too busy. And then all of a sudden it's back. Surprise. That's why I was trying to, that's why I was asking all those questions. I'm like, wait, what is happening? Well, yeah, I think that. I thought maybe they looked in the wrong room. Like, okay, so it's missing. Do they seem very upset about it? No, because the they're not too upset because the, the diamond's not in it. How did it get back in the... That's what I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to be more cognizant of here where it, when it's gone. But to the diamond... See if there's a clue oh. later about it being back. Oh, Trixie, look, there it is on the bureau. You were right. It was Dick. Jim's old room. Okay, so Jim's old room is now her room, and now it's on her bureau in her room, which is now her room. <laughs> oh, I know one of the maids says she moved it because she was like, oh, now that's yours. That should be in your room. I think that was. Oh, I thought it was Bobby. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Celia just pops in and was like, oh, haha, like you, I, that belonged in your okay. room. I moved it. I believe okay. you. But I had happened. a lot of questions about that as well. But yeah, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. because maybe because bobby was moving it oh just because they're talking about bobby because they're figuring now how he put the diamond inside the compartment and that was because he was carrying it back and forth between the rooms right okay it's a, it's it's, i don't know why they 
Yeah, I don't. I guess for suspense, then it's like, oh, the jewelry box is gone. Oh, it's yeah, just, you know, because they, yeah, they switched rooms so that he would break into Honey's room and it would really be Jim there, right? And not Honey. But then Bobby told. They're like, oh, Bobby must have told him that we switched rooms. So then, what's the point of that anymore? They could just switch back. But Bobby was there when they switched rooms, right? So yes. did he move it to the wrong room? No, I think I'll find it later. I think because it, 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 it says like, here, Bobby also knew that we didn't move what he called the box like thing. He tried mm-hmm. to carry it into my room several times, but we told him firmly that it must stay in here. That's when he discovered the secret compartment, I guess, and put the diamond inside. So now they're they're going back to figure out. I, I don't know why they brought that up there. Yeah. Okay. So on page 190, Celia is um, putting the, a tray down and she says, oh, goodness, this these Beldons will be the death of me. That Bobby, when he helped Jim and Honey move, he got everything mixed up. When I dusted Jim's room this morning, I found Honey's dainty little jewelry box on her dressing table. It looked so silly sitting there in the middle of Jim's fishing tackle. I took it right across the hall and put it on the bureau in his old room. I don't understand why they switched rooms like that and what's in what room and who's even in where and did they switch the furniture or just their things? Why is the tackle box still in Honey's room? Yeah, it should moved, be in Jim's like he room. Moved, he moved it all, except. So he had, yeah, so he, on his desk is t- fishing tackle and Honey's jewelry box. Right. This is so convoluted. (laughs) I read these last. I read these last three chapters uh, like three times. Okay, and I didn't help a lot, but I did get that piece this time. This last time, okay, that was really dumb of them to let Bobby help them switch. Bobby should not even be in the mansion. I, I don't, and I still don't understand why the third floor is the only part of the mansion that has air conditioning. I know, and it's a real, real hot summer. They mention it is hotter and hotter hot. every day. It just gets hotter and hotter. Yeah, and they're saying it's hot inside the house, not just yeah. on the third floor. That's why they go to the movies all yeah. the time. It's the right, and they're going to. Why don't the- they go up st- to the third floor? <sighs> And <laughs> hang out with Celia and cook. And why did they have to give Naylor a room up there? They could all go up there and sit in that room. Yeah. They could turn that into a little playroom. Yeah. I don't understand like why. I mean, it's not like it's only, you know, a few weeks out of the year. It's hot. I imagine it's hot there all summer. And they're rich. They should have oh, enough money yeah. to air condition oh, yeah. their house. Yes, they should. Okay. They eat shrimp salad. Then we learn about Tom, right? In this chapter? Or is, am I in the next chapter? Or accidentally? Uh, let's I see. think I'm accidentally in the next chapter. I was just going to mention something. Jim says an oh, no, interesting no. little phrase here. He says, you girls go ahead. We haven't any too much time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is that? He sounds foreign. <laughs> we haven't any too much time. We haven't any too much time. Let's hurry up. They start to talk about Tom. Right. They bring up how much Jim knows Tom. He's a swell guy. I've run into him in the village often and we've had long talks. And then Honey says he is nice. I don't know him as well as you do, Jim, but one afternoon when I went into the movies by myself in a taxi, (laughs) I found I'd forgotten to bring any money. Okay, when is she doing these things? And when is he, when is Jim going there? They're together all the time. She says it's not like, oh, last year one time. She's lived here for a month. A month. And why would she go to the movies without Trixie? I guess maybe Trixie was dusting or something. I just don't see Honey as saying, yeah, we just moved to this town. I've lived here a few weeks. I think I'll take a taxi to the movies by myself. Yeah. And oops, I have money for the taxi, but. Not the movie. <laughs> yeah. So they think they should hire Tom. Yes. Because Miss Trask finds out that Dick is mean. Yes. It's oh, so funny. Yeah, They're because, just because I didn't finish my thing. Oh, I thought because you said you weren't sure that Tom was in the next chapter. So you must have finished this chapter. No, I didn't finish talking about it because we got stuck on the jewelry box. All right. I didn't finish my little blurb. Ah, and then we started right. talking. Blurb away. Well, I don't know. <laughs> It's going to help, but let's see what I have. Dick wouldn't. Okay, I said that. After finding out that Dick was mean to Trixie, Miss Trask decides to hire a new chauffeur. 
Tom Delanoy is suggested. Trixie tells Honey her entire theory of the crime. The, the what? Latest. She has a theory? <laughs> the gang decides to go to the movies where Honey should interview Tom for the chauffeur position. I was confused because I was wondering why wouldn't I have put all this stuff about Tom in my outline? And I did put it there. It's there. It, I thought it was interesting. They were talking about Tom and Miss Trask wrung her hands nervously. But where is Tom now, Mart? How can I get in touch with him? Have you any idea what Tom is doing at the moment, Trix? Like, they don't barely know this guy. Like, no. where is he right now? Like, right, right, right now. <laughs> if she to- needs a chauffeur. You know, this whole book is about how much they need a chauffeur. Then they hire a chauffeur. Then he's mean to Trixie. Now they got to hire another chauffeur. That's all I had. Yeah. Yeah. This is whole Trixie's leather heels theory. We're going to go over the crime very soon. Uh, Chapter 17. (laughs) Let's finish this up. Where is Jim? Dick gave Jim a driving lesson and dropped him in the village. He will meet them at the movies. This is what he tells the gang. Trixie, Honey, Brian, and Mart go to the movies while Miss Trask goes to Mr. Lytell's to watch wrestling. Okay, first of all, here's her little start of her Mr. Lytell thing. Remember, they they kind of have a thing, right? Yeah, except that she, in this one, she she makes it sound like he's this old man that keeps right. like inviting her over, and she always says no, and she finally, right. she's like, okay, fine, I'll go sit with the old man. Not yeah. like, ooh, hey. Do you think Mr. Lytell is the one that likes her, but she doesn't like him? I pictured there being at least like a 20 year age difference between Miss Trask and Mr. Lytell. That makes sense. But why would they he be watching wrestling and she has to watch wrestling? Why can't they watch a movie? Like she just assumes he's going to be watching wrestling, I guess. I guess that's what people did. Guess if it was on, they watched it. You know, they probably okay. only had like two choices, three choices. <laughs> Let me finish here. Jim isn't at the theater, but Tom is working the door. Halfway through the movie, Trixie leaves to return to the manor. She realized that Dick had done something to Jim during the driving lesson. Dick was probably at the manor stealing back the diamond. Trixie tells Honey her suspicions and decides to leave the movie theater and return to the manor house to catch Dick. Alone. What? Alone. Alone, of course, because she can't tell anyone anything. Okay, so here's her theory, which actually is the correct theory. Before I get into that, though, I have a little interesting thing about this chapter Mm -hmm. that happens. This is regarding the interview between Honey and Tom, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the 1951 version, Trixie get, gets into the taxi right away. And then Honey interviews Tom. And it's a very short thing, right? Okay, so yeah. she just basically interviews him, offers him the job. Trixie is not there oh. at all. She's already gone. Okay, then in our books, there is... An entire page that happens that's not in that book. Yeah. Where the interview takes place with Trixie there. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long. I don't want to. Whole page. Because <laughs> I don't like to read long things. Yeah, it's from page two, bottom of page 212 through most of page 213. So that all did not happen in the first book and it merges together um, at the bottom paragraph. The Even the interview is all different and that sort of thing. So Melanie Knight's reason was um, she wonders if, was it deemed improper for Honey to be alone with Tom or was the delay in getting to the house a way of increasing suspense? Like, why isn't she going? She's got to get to the house which didn't cross my mind. And I would think that if it were not being alone, wouldn't that be in the fifties where it would be more likely that she shouldn't be alone with a man? What, why in 1977 can't she be alone with a man? Cause they changed it. She was alone and mm-hmm. it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 1951, but in 19, you know, whenever they changed it, I don't know which book, but by 1977. Yeah. You know, now, I mean, that's really the only thing that makes sense why 
I don't know. It doesn't make sense. So maybe it is actually the whole let's pad this and, you know, do some suspense here. Yeah, because I thought I had marked where they start the interview and um, and Honey giggles and Trixie thinks rather nervously. I was like, right. Kind of mean a little. <laughs> Trixie lots of times has mean thoughts about that. That is true. And Do you it. have the original? Because I in the original, did she ask the taxi to take her to home? And then she changed her. I was like, why would she go home? What was her plan? Why would she go to Crabapple Farm? No, I think that she just. Tom, okay, so in 1951, okay, so this is what it it says. Okay, Tom was holding the door of the taxi open for her, and Trixie hastily clamored inside before Honey could say another word. Crabapple Farm, Tom said to the driver. Oh, Tom said. You're right. Does he in this book, too? too? Yeah, no, I just saw the T, and my brain just went, you know. Trixie. Yeah. Yeah, so then she has to correct him. Got it. The also thing that was very interesting was in the 1948 version, it's, or 1951, sorry, it says, Honey watched it move rapidly, she's talking about the cab, down the main street of the village. When it had disappeared around the corner, she turned back to Tom, a worried frown creasing her forehead. But then here, it doesn't it say that it the traffic is bad in the village? Traffic is bad, and they don't talk about Honey at all. Mm-mm. Honey, no. yeah, she just no. waved to him and Honey, and that was it. Because she's already interviewed Tom. Yep. So they just no did the interview before Trixie left. Hmm. Interesting. Really interesting. Also, where Honey says, I never thought interviewing would be that easy. I just kind of wrote, was that really an interview, though? <laughs> Basically, she just said, will you be our chauffeur, please? Please, we need a chauffeur. That's not an interview. An interview is not not begging someone to take a job. (laughs) And honey, because earlier in the chapter, honey's like, I need practice if I'm going to be mother's private secretary for a birthday present. I was like, just whatever you socialite wants from her 13-year-old daughter. Right. (laughs) I'll do all the interviewing, mother. And I know about the donations. And And I know all all about your donations. And I can write note cards. I've got very nice printing. Okay. I only had one other other thing to talk about in the chapter, which was um, uh, more back to that letter of recommendation. Oh, yeah. Because now Dick is a suspect for all of them because Mart did look at what they were doing. But like Honey never told her. She's like, "Um, I didn't want to tell you before. And I was like, but it was the main theory. I know. I know. Things are coming to a head. I, they just, I don't know why they keep things like, what do you think that the, the reason for that was that they always, that Trixie always keeps stuff from honey and Jim and them. And then she and honey always keep stuff once honey finds out. What do you think that's about? I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to like kind of ponder that a little bit i think yeah think we can come back around to it next time let's come back around to that because it's a it's a recurring theme so it's it not really just is. this book i i don't understand this this wanting to keep things secret especially when you're in a secret club <laughs> the point yeah. is you don't keep secrets except you keep secrets from everybody else okay last chapter Woo-hoo. chapter Woo-hoo. 18 we're gonna get it all up Trixie catches Dick in Honey's room trying to find the diamond. In classic Scooby-Doo fashion, (laughs) Trixie reveals what she knows. Dick confirms and threatens her. Jim and Reagan burst in at the nick of time. The cops show up and arrest Dick. The rest of the gang return from the movie, and Jim reveals that Tom had knocked him out and tied him up in the woods. He broke free, called the cops, and headed for the manor house. Mystery is solved. Get through this last chapter. Yeah, I um, that you kind of summed it up there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there might not be much to say. Oh, this is where Louis is mentioned. I think for the you said for the first time. Yes. You didn't know who Louis was. I didn't know who Louis was, but uh, there he is, adding another character at the yeah. last page. Okay. Uh, I have a I have a question about yes. the italics and the thoughts and the quotes and stuff. Okay. 
<laughs> well, you know how I feel about that. So where yeah, is that? So I'm on page 221. Okay. Because I real until right now, I was going to bring this up of like, why would she say this? And now all of a sudden I'm like, maybe she's thinking this. So, he, oh. um, so she's fighting or she's trying to get all the info from Dick and he says, stop gabbing. Where's the rock? And then there's a whole paragraph where she's thinking, right? Right. Trixie thought for a minute and she's thinking, oh, if I, if she could keep him here till it started to rain, Miss Trask would be right. back, but what could Miss Trask do? Blah, blah, blah. Right. And then, then it, the next paragraph is in quotes. And so I thought she said this out loud. It's not right. italicized. No, right. she wouldn't. Because so then that would mean he said, stop gabbing. Where's the rock? And she right. said, no, <laughs> she wouldn't. No, she wouldn't. Because I'll scream. <laughs> because I'll scream. And, and But is that a thought? Yes. She decided in her mind, this is the problem and why it should be in italics that I keep saying. Because... You yeah. don't really decide while you're speaking. So it's not a dialogue. I, text. Yeah. The way, so, the way that, the way I took it was he said something, stop gabbing, right. where's the rock. Then she has a whole paragraph where she's thinking. Right. And, and then like, she yeah. decided quickly to say this stuff out loud. And I was like, and what it's, is she it's, saying? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, you, it, you could solve this entire problem by just putting all of this in italics. Yeah. So that's interesting because I really, until I reread it right now to bring it up to you right now, I re- thought she said it out loud. It's not like yeah. I, I figured I it out earlier. Think it, but decided is just not a speaking word. That to me means it's in her head. That's how I would read it. Or I did read it. But yeah. I can see why you think that because yeah. because none of this was in quotes. And then all of a sudden this is in quotes. Right. And they're talking because, a lot. And every time they talk back right. and forth, it's in quotes. Right. Because the first part here is not in her voice. That's why it's not in quotes. Or yeah. italics. So that yeah. would just be fine. That's fine playing because that's just what she's thinking. But she's not thinking in the first person. Right. But the second one, she's thinking in the first person, which is why they broke it into two. But it's very confusing. They should have said she decided to herself or something. Yeah. It was a little English lesson, I guess. Yes. Um, okay. So Louis is mentioned here. And did you check? Is that the first time his name is mentioned? Yes. Okay. Because she asks him. Right. What's his name anyway? What's that guy's name? Okay, then we have a whole bunch of 50s, 40s, 30s, whatever it is, (laughs) lingo. I have a lot of differences that we can talk about. Do you? I do. Between the original 1951 version and the 1984 version. So I thought we should go over some of this language that's changed and maybe talk a little about why they did it. The the changes aren't aren't much better as far as (laughs) I don't think it sounds like how people talked in the 80s, but it's kind of that (laughs) whole thing for me, that crossover between you're changing it a little bit, but if you're going to change it a little bit, maybe change it to the 80s. Right. Do we know when, at what point the changes were made, or we just know that sometime between 1951 and the 80s, they were made? I'm guessing they were, well, we know that this language was changed between 1977 and 1984, because in my 1977, okay, so for some reason, (laughs) I must have just accidentally ripped off the price tag on mine. Just right now, while we're recording. (laughs) All of a sudden, I don't know how much mine cost, but I believe mine was 95 cents and yours was... That's mine. I have 95 cents for this one. I think we both had 95 cents then. Okay. I'm not sure. But anyway, between 1977 and 1984, these changes were made. So, does that make sense? What are they? (laughs) I'm not even going to answer. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So the first one that I see is the reach for the ceiling laughing boy comment that Reagan says ominously. I'm a crack shot, right, Jim? Mm-hmm. So, the, okay. So in the 1984 version, it says, <laughs> this is so weird. It says reach for the ceiling, Mr. Chauffeur. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. 
<laughs> double check because it's so weird. That uh, is weird. Yep. <laughs> Reach for the ceiling, Mr. Chauffeur. Maybe because like laughing boy doesn't really yeah. make sense. I mean, it's not no, but appropriate Mr. for him in any way. <laughs> He's not a very but Mr. guy. But Mr. Chauffeur, I mean, he could have said so many other things like so many. Yeah. Dick. He could have said his name. Okay. So then the next one is a two-bit dick. And we know that they wanted to change the word dick because of the connotation it now has in the 80s. Two-bit dick was changed to a two-bit private eye. That does not really have the same uh, alliteration. (laughs) To it. <laughs> two bit dick. Two bit private eye. Uh, why dapper dick stays the same. So that was yes. interesting. Where's the rock, pretty boy, is changed to where's the rock, dicky. So now we're changing it to the Give word dick from a different word. <laughs> Giving him a little nickname. <laughs> Not necessary. So if you're trying to avoid the word, you wouldn't need to do that. Ah, pretty okay, boy. So but what's then, what's and what's wrong with pretty boy? Nothing, but I can't imagine a 1984 police officer saying that. So right, I did. If okay. you're going to go up to the change to the 1984 language, that you kind of have to change that again. I don't understand this whole use the word. I mean, I get it's his name, but some things they change, so they don't have to use it. Like Dapper Dick, they didn't have to change that at all. Or Dick the Dip, did they change that? Um, let me check. Top of 227, mine says, then he really is yep. Dick the Dip. They did not change that. Okay. Dick the Dip is okay. Dapper yeah, Dick that, is okay. That's okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pretty boy, get it out of there. I'm just going to do this now, even it's though it's later in the book a little bit. Where Can't be this? much later. We're at the <laughs> we're at the Scooby Doo police moment. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why all of a sudden I can't stop laughing. I must be tired. <laughs> it was just if only we could get into the brains of those editors. Oh my gosh, it just drives me crazy that there's no one to ask that we know. And of. if they if they are around, they're not talking. Yes. If anyone out there listening, if you're one of these people that know the answers and don't want to see me have a nervous breakdown while I'm podcasting, <laughs> maybe just shoot me an email. Let me know what the Help Lisa's is. mental health. Come on, Please. listeners. I am medicated, but medication can only do so much. Yeah. Okay, let's move. Let's move on. I thought, it, don't they show up like the next summer? As bad guys in another story. Maybe. Somebody somebody shows up that got out of prison and that one where we thought. Oh, right. Is that these guys? Together. It I must don't remember be. because it said like they've got enough on him and Louie to put him behind bars till old and gray. And I can't remember who that is that. I don't know. It could be them. I don't know. I mean, they put so many people behind bars. I know. I th- but I think it was from a different book, like a later book where the like the black jacket mystery guys, maybe. Oh, the gangsters. Yeah. I they did come them. back. Yeah. But then there was someone else. Yeah. It wasn't that. Yeah. I know what you're talking about because it was more yeah. recent. Yeah. It was something we read more recently, but okay. it could be these guys. Maybe they got out of jail. Maybe I mean, we'll it's it what a year later. <laughs> Old and gray they are. Okay, again, I got to bring up the police procedure. I'm sorry. Chain of evidence. You can't just not bother with getting the diamond back. Say <laughs> a banker's house is about as safe as the bank itself. That's just not right. That's especially not when it's good police work. <laughs> especially where they have it. It's not like the dad right. has it in in the home safe. No, it's in a <laughs> pin cushion for God's sakes. And he turned to Reagan, want to ride back to headquarters with me and preferred charges, breaking and entering assault and battery. What else? What, what would Reagan? I mean, kidnapping for one thing. Um, Because he's like the only man of the house. I don't know. 
why don't the police know? They heard the whole story. Shouldn't they be the ones that are like, yeah, this looks like it's kidnapping. He kidnapped Jim, right? Assault yeah. and battery. Yeah. Breaking him out, tied him up and left him for dead on the That's side of the kidnapping. Road. Why doesn't the cop know that? I, I just don't. I don't know. And you can't just leave the diamond at Mr. Belden's. I mean, it's evidence, but maybe not in 48, 51, 58, whatever it is. Okay. If you were looking for the guy anyway, you won't need our testimony to hold him, will you? Again, Lisa, we don't need witnesses. They never need Trixie as a witness or and need her testimony. No. You and- would think she'd be getting called into court as a witness? Yes, she would. <laughs> Subpoenaed. Times. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, it's not just like, oh, hey, we caught him in the act, da, da, da. Oh, and he's automatically going to be convicted. If he pleads not guilty, they need witnesses yeah. to put on their case. And I don't understand why Mr. Wheeler is would be upset about getting mixed up in a burglary that happened in his house. And what could he what could he witness to anyway when he wasn't there? Where does it say that about Mr. Bottom of 225. I don't know as Mr. Wheeler would want to get mixed up in this. The publicity, you know. And then that's when they say, don't need a witness. Oh, right, right, right. And then the gun isn't loaded. And then he says about the gun, the cheery groom. Now he's cheery. It wasn't loaded, Jim, my boy. You know I never leave a bullet in my rifle when I'm not using it. Uh, you're using it. Maybe you should have put a bullet in it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't this I'm, using I mean, your gun? I, it's like they think he's not dangerous, but he right. is. Yes, he kidnapped bad him. things. He cut the telephone lines. Yeah. Kidnapped someone. I can't believe Reagan would pick up a gun to go into the house to catch a thief or burglar or whatever when he see you know he sees it or hears Trixie scream or whatever and not put a bullet in his gun that seems weird not that I'm a it gun does. advocate because I'm not but in this case it just doesn't make sense it seems and, and, the, and the wording doesn't make sense when he says you know I never leave a bullet in my rifle when I'm not using it but once you do use it don't you put one back in yeah and also like he the lights were all out on the first and second floor so it was pitch black and he had taken a flashlight and put tape over it so that there was a pinpoint of light right and like everyone could see that from the outside that's right i don't think julie campbell knew a lot about crime i think she got she liked the mystery part of it and then when she got to the end and she had to just like wrap it up quickly she just and these crimes i don't need to know specifically what they did i mean and when i read them growing up i didn't care it's just the whole by then you just kind of want it to be like okay who is the bad guy yep i'm gonna get to the Susie thing but why okay so reagan is just like you can't sit there and tell me there wasn't a fat reward offered for the recovery of that diamond But how would he know there was a reward? They never talk about the reward. They never talk about Trixie getting the reward. He just says that and then it's over. And that's when she says, oh, I can use that for, I won't need a horse. So now I can give all of my money to the clubhouse. And she's got $25 saved in the savings bank. So that's the end. They solved it. I'm going to do a quick, quick rundown of this crime. And then I'm going to do Susie the horse. Gonna be oh, I got one more thing that you'll find very interesting and very disturbing. Okay, so here is the rundown. Tuesday night, jewel thieves Dick and Louie hide in the Wheeler Gatehouse after their car breaks down on Glen Road. They spend the night in the gatehouse while fighting over the loot of their latest heist. Both thieves fail to notice that a diamond has fallen out of its ring setting. The stone embeds into the mud floor during the struggle. Dick knocks Louie out and leaves. On Wednesday, after fixing the motor, because remember they had to sleep there because the car broke down, right? After fixing the motor, Dick drives off, leaving Louie unconscious on the floor. Dick discovers the diamond is missing and returns to the gatehouse. He spies on Trixie and Honey, who have just found the missing diamond. So, whoa, whoa, Louie just woke up and left? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't come into the gatehouse and find you don't ever know. unconscious mm-hmm. on the floor. No, he's gone. Um, He spies on Honey, who have just found the missing diamond. He overhears Honey's plan to hide the diamond in her jewelry box. 
Dick lurks around the stable and hears that the wheelers are looking to hire a chauffeur. He shows up and applies for the job. He learns that he needs references to get the job. He finds a letter from Mr. Wheeler's old friend in the mailbox and copies the signature to add to a generic letter of recommendation. Dick makes friends with Bobby, who shows him Honey's bedroom window. Dick tries to get into Honey's room in the middle of the night. Trixie screams, scares him, and scares him off. Louie returns. A really dumb thing for him to do. Right. Louie returns. He and Dick fight and Louie steals back the jewels. Dick ends up with a black eye and poison ivy. Thursday, Dick blames his new black eye on Jupiter, which no one believes, and takes the day off to visit the doctor. Instead, he searches for Louie, who is on the run. Saturday, Dick takes Jim for a driving lesson. He knocks him out and ties him up in the woods. He heads back to the manor house to find the diamond. Trixie catches him in the act. Dick is arrested. Louie has already been arrested and Dick hauled off to jail. So that's the mystery in a nutshell. Okay. Yes. Good. Okay. Here's the the mystery of of Susie the horse. Okay. Mr. Tomlin owns Susie, the sweet little black mare. Reagan rents Susie for the fifth BWG to ride. Trixie loves Susie and asks to ride her. Reagan mentions coyly that Susie might be there to stay. Miss Trask is going to buy Susie. She has no experience riding. She told Reagan she wanted to learn how to ride. She was sure Trixie would exercise Susie when she was too busy to ride. Reagan pretends to be mad. He suggests that Honey and Trixie are loaded with money and should buy Susie for Miss Trask. He says they would get a reward for recovering the diamond. If Trixie doesn't buy the horse for Miss Trask, she can't ride anymore, he says. So, yeah, that's nice. Questions. Was there a reward? Don't know. How much was it? Don't know. Did Trixie buy the horse for Miss Trask? Don't Don't know. know. (laughs) So the mystery of his Susie the horse continues. And then I just had a little thing on why do employees of the manor house so frequently quit? But we already talked about that. We did. We don't know. We don't know. Okay. (laughs) And we don't know. So this is going to be the grand finale because this is so weird. So I was looking through the deluxe version, which is Mm -hmm. this one, right? It's like a hardcover. It's a hardcover. Yeah. Like midway. Like how, what date? Hang on. Oh, I don't know because the pages were out. Okay. It, I could find it, but it's between okay. the 1954 version and the night. I think it's around the 60s. I think okay. it's in the 60s. Okay. So I was just kind of like going through, I was looking at the illustrations to see which ones I needed to take pictures of for my posts. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading along and I see this picture with the gatehouse mystery. I'm like, why does honey have black hair? So then I was like, that's just weird. And so then I was like reading along and on page 176, it's honey's talking. Well, that's very nice of you. Honey said with a quick smile, did Miss Trask tell you how to get to the dead end road on the other side of the woods? It's, and then the next, the top of the next page, it says, that's the point, Di agreed. But Uncle Monty's theory is that the thief planned to steal steal them all, but was interrupted. Wait. Yes. What? Yes. Okay, so carefully look at this. I think you have to read the whole book. <laughs> How is Di in there? Okay, here's the gatehouse mystery, right? Right? It says gatehouse mystery at the top. Then there's this picture with the gatehouse mystery. Then look what it says. Oh. So from page 177 to page one night through page 191 or 192, it is the mysterious visitor what and then it goes back to the gatehouse mystery on page 193 but it goes back to page 193 of the gatehouse mystery like it's not it doesn't start over no it goes it goes to page 193 of the gatehouse mystery because the the sentences don't go together so yeah yeah. oh that is crazy and it i checked the binding it looks like it's bound normally like you know it doesn't look like anything was taken out or put back or glued or anything weird it's just like, you know, two thirds of the way through the book, it started printing a different book and then it went back. That's weird. So this is Die. Yeah. <laughs> that is. That's why I didn't <laughs> recognize her. I thought you were, I really thought you were going to say that they described Honey as having black hair or something. No, like, that is, that is impossible. I don't get it. I wonder if it's worth more. You know, sometimes when things have problems, they're worth more. Totally. I would think so. 
I'm going to just put out some feelers and see if anyone's seen this before. Because I can't believe it's this only this book. Yeah, that's gonna, I, would, that's, I would go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I'd be very curious to see if there is a deluxe version out there that is correct. I'm sure there is. Or, or everyone would be talking about how it's doing that. Yeah. I just think that there's probably a run of those books that. But how would that happen? I mean, if you're printing a manuscript, (laughs) you don't just have other pages of the manuscript in there. I don't think. I mean, I don't know how printing went in the 1970s or 60s, I guess it is. But I don't know how that could happen. Yeah. And nobody has ever, like in any of the groups or whatever I'm in, no one has ever talked about this. So I might post in there and see if anyone's... Everyone should check their deluxe book and see if theirs is like that. I know, because they might collect them and not read them. Right. Yeah. Especially the people. I wouldn't have ever read this one if we didn't do the podcast. Yeah. Anyway. Does it look like it's been like read? (laughs) Like, did did people not just throw it away when they page ripped out? There's a page ripped out. And it's, yeah, it's, I mean, the bindings broke. Yeah. But, but it's all glued together fine. I just thought, well, maybe there'd be a weird gluing or something. But no, it's bound to the fine. Wow. That makes me want to try to track one down and, and see. And see. And if it were, I mean, why would someone intentionally do that anyway? No, it just makes sense. <laughs> oh, I know like what in I'll middle, do. Not I'll even like it, like 10 that. pages. If you were going to do it, you would do like the end or, you know, like you can't right. stick binding in the middle right (laughs) just like 20 pages of it right where it would look completely like you did it you'd have to unbind the whole book put those pages in and then rebind it yeah i don't think that happened no it's a it was a bad run wow another mystery (sighs) another mystery Okay, so that's my thing. Um, you know how I normally read something? Yeah. That's my thing for today. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's just a mystery. So if anyone out there, <laughs> I don't I just keep saying this even though like who knows if anyone's even listening. But if you we are, must assume we're assuming people are listening to us and you know or you, you should check your deluxe version of Trixie Belden and the gatehouse mystery and see if the the mysterious visitor pierce <laughs> if it does please tell <laughs> me a, it's a mysterious <laughs> visitor literally <laughs> it just popped in <laughs> oh my gosh yes and our email address is books from the basement pc at gmail.com if you have an answer to any of the questions we've asked about that or poison ivy whether people are allergic or not allergic all the things we all the things hear. that we bring up as questions that we don't really want to research i just want someone else <laughs> to tell me we do plenty of research you i do a lot of research too. so this kind of yeah i just want someone else i figure maybe some, probably somebody knows somebody knows something okay so next week we will be starting a new book, The Mysterious Visitor. Still Trixie Belden. Oh, definitely. Still Trixie Belden. New book. Probably break it into two again, I'm thinking. So join us then. And until next time. The end. The end.